Well, hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 543, and today I'm a little scared, I got to be honest with you, because we are going to be sharing something that I've never shared before, and this is a very, very personal story. Um, I could get a little emotional through this story, but it has to do with suicide, drugs, divorce, and becoming a successful dad and multiple businesses that I've owned. I'm going to be sharing with you stuff that I've never, ever shared before, and I'm doing it for a few different reasons, Um, and I'll talk a little bit more about that here in a second, but this is not about how to grow your Amazon business necessarily today, although it could translate into that by you uh, being able to move past some of your own uh, obstructions in your life or, or just things that you think that you can't do. I'm sharing this because I hope that it'll serve you. I hope that we can connect a little bit deeper by me sharing this with you. And to, to do this, because I know it's going to be kind of a little bit hard for me, um, I've invited on a good friend of mine, also part of our TAS team, Joel Bauer. Uh, he's really good at digging deep, and uh, I wanted him here to actually go through this. And I've never really shared the full story with him either. So he's going to be asking some questions throughout this so um, we can get the best uh, the best out of this, out of this interview. So I'm going to have him interview me today. So Joel, are you there, my friend? Yes. I am here, man. Yeah. So we're going to get started here. I mean, I don't know where to start, but what do you want to, I mean, before we jump in, I mean, I talked to you about it a little bit. I talked to some other people personally, and I'm like, should I even share this stuff? Does it even matter? Um, What do you want to say to people listening before we jump into this, uh, this story of mine? Yeah, I, I think this is such a cool part. And then we came up, um, up with this idea and of sharing deeper. It, it's something that we do well with the audience. We share a lot. You know, we always want to be honest and forthright and open and here's our lives. Here's what we're doing. It's not like here's this business, scary business thing over here or here's this family thing over here. It's always been together for us. That's how we we do it. So um, this reveal part of like kind of talking about your story, I think, is so crucial because it's going to help people hear that, hey, not everything is going smoothly or perfectly. When someone's having a lot of success, a lot of times it's because they've gone through a lot of other stuff before this that have prepared them to take the actions, take the, the you know, make the decisions that they made to get them here. And so if you're like in there and you have that story for yourself and you said, hey, man, I, I don't know if I can do this next thing or, you know, I, I come from a broken home or I didn't have the education that I was supposed to have or maybe I had too much education, you know, whatever the reason is, we all have a story behind us and we can either use that to propel us forward or to hurt us. And so I, I think it's so awesome and so brave, honestly, Scott, for you to to share some of these things, because I know what you you talked about, you shared a little bit with me, is this is this is stuff that happened in your childhood that um, really shaped you, but could have been damaging, could have been very painful, mm. and, and could have left you weaker than y- you are. And you made the choices consistently to change that. And so yeah. I, I'm really excited to hear that. Yeah, uh, yeah, it it is. And uh, you know, there's a lot that I look back on, and you know, to you know, society's standards or, you know, like them kind of saying, like, if you go through this, you will become this. Um, I yeah. should have been um, a lot different than I am right now. And I'm not quite sure 100 percent. I can't put my finger on it, like what actually um, allowed me to kind of escape that. Uh, you know, I always look at like, you know, there's cycles in families and, you know, as you're you're being raised, you're being shaped. And it's up to you to either take the good and run with it and take the bad and run with that or run with that. And I think I've picked a lot of the good and I was able to focus on that. But there's been a lot of, you know, bad 
um, now that I look back on it, that I would never want my kids to go through. And I don't want people to think that they have to have a a broken story. Like, I don't like talking about people being broken. Like you're, you know, everyone is broken. You just, you got to fix yourself. Like, that's not what I want to do here. So I don't want people to think that I'm saying that, but I do know a lot of people look at, you know, what's happening on social media, what people post. Um, they never really post like, you know, the girl without makeup, right? It's always like, we're trying to put a face, um, you know, on ourselves or a, you know, kind of like that perceived image And I, I want people to see that, you know, not everything was perfect as I was growing up and, you know, there was a lot of times that I was, and there's a lot of things that I do today that are a result of that. And some of them aren't really that great that I'm still working on, um, you know, insecurities and and stuff like that. But, um, I think what I should probably do, Joel, is probably just kind of go back and then we can, we might even have to go back, you know, once we start going through, cause there's other parts that I might be missing, but yeah. you know, just, I mean, do you want to just, do you want to start by asking any questions or do you want me to just kind of well, start with where I'm thinking? I want to give one quick frame cause you brought up a lot of good points and it, it's like, this isn't saying, Hey, if you don't have a horrible past, you know, or something that's traumatic in right. your past, whatever we go through in our lives, it is traumatic to us because you know, really it's a, it's a kind of, um, it's not a. Oh, how do I describe that? It's not concrete. It's like not, not like this is the level of pain you feel for this activity. It's it's relevant, relevant to us or relative to us. Mm-hmm. And so if, you know, you guys went if someone went through a thing where they went through really dark times or addiction or stuff and found trapped or painful uh, relationships or whatever it is each person's case, like if it's OK, my parent was never there, you know, the person where the parent was never there because they, they might've had an alcohol problem versus the parent wasn't there because they were busy at work. The pain for the child can be very similar. Yeah. And so I don't want you to look at this and go, Oh, okay. I see why Scott succeeded now. It's because he had these really awful things. I didn't for you. Your stuff is your pain and you can either turn that to motivate you to change or to be better or to have more in your life or to have less. That's up to you. So I don't want you to like listen to Scott's and go, oh, it's not that bad. So oh, that's why I'm not motivated to move yeah, forward. Yeah. Uh, so I want both sides. And if you do happen to share with Scott, that's that's or like similar things. Hope that insight helps you to go, OK, I have been using this to kind of hurt myself and stop myself. But let's what if I could what if I could do something more with it? Mm. And so I just want you guys to pay attention to that, not like try to disqualify, go, oh, it's not me. And then tune out, <laughs> you know, like realize and if you've had worse stuff than Scott, the same thing applies for you. That's really, really intense relative to Scott for Scott's own life. This was the traumatic stuff. He didn't have more traumatic things happen. So this was the intentional emotional stuff that or intense emotional stuff that affected him. Yeah. And hurt him in the same way that some of your stuff was. Yeah. Not to say what happened to you might not be more traumatic. That can happen or less traumatic. It's just pay attention that we are human and we feel our pain is real. Yeah. Yeah, no absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So I, I'll, I'll set the stage re- really quickly. And um, what, what I really want people to understand, too, before we even dive in is that, you know, I had great parents. Um, you know, my my mother, um, you know, she had some issues and I'll talk about that and I'll, I'll explain how that then affected me. And I lost my mother when she was 50, um, which was devastating to me. Um, she had a heart attack and we'll talk about why I think she had a heart attack. Um, but you know, I had great parents. My mother taught me a lot of really, really good things. Um, but there was also a lot of, um, 
negative things that came along with that, um, going through her own struggles. Um, my father was always there. He's actually here right now visiting. Um, I'm so fortunate to have him still in my life at 75. He just turned 75 July 4th. Um, so Thanks. I'm really excited about that and, and I'm glad he's here and we're going to a Yankee game this week and stuff. So I'm really fortunate to have that. But, you know, there was times that he wasn't around because he was working, um, you know, three jobs a lot of times. Um, but I just want people to understand I'm not um, knocking my parents at all um, and I don't fault them in, in anything that they've done. But I've learned a ton and, um, and, and some good and some some not so good. Um, so where do you want to start? Yeah, let's start with maybe like an early memory that like at the time you didn't even know that anything was going on because that was your life. And but now you realize, wow, that was that was intense. If other people went through that, I don't know if you know, they would have felt so good, like so normal about it or like been able to do something good with it. Yeah. Yeah. OK, so let me let me set the stage here. So my th this is what I was told and this is what I remember if I think back. Um, well, I didn't know it, but my mother was eight months pregnant for me. All right. And my father um, was um, was living with them, with my mother's parents. And they owned a bar. They owned a, a tavern um, in, in uh, an area called Boston Spa, which was which is in New York, um, upstate New York. And um, they, um, you know, excited they're going to have a, a, a new baby. Right. My mother didn't think she could get pregnant. And, um, you know, I was eight months in her belly, you know, and um you know, they owned a bar. So like I said, you can imagine like there's a lot of like drinking going on and stuff like that. And I'll talk a little bit more about her history or her past um, once we move forward. But just to kind of set the stage, um, you know, so my mother um, went to bed one night and I think her and her father got in a little bit of an argument um, over probably because he came home drunk and she was upset with him. And it was probably a common thing um, that was happening even through her childhood. And my father was there and they, they lived together, like I said. And my let me also go back a little bit. I had a, um, well, now I do. I have a stepsister, a half-sister, um, Kelly, who uh, my father legally adopted. Um, she was two years old when they got married. Um, and then he legally adopted her, um, made her, um, you know, our last name and all of that stuff. Her father abandoned her until she was 16. Another story. I'll, I'll talk more about that later. But just to kind of set the stage, that's what we're talking about. So now my mother goes to bed. And, you know, she goes to bed like as normal, eight months pregnant with me. And my father wakes up and hears, uh, you know, a, just a crazy scream, like someone's screaming. And um, my grandmother, you know, which I didn't you know, know at the time, I was eight months in my mother's stomach. <laughs> my father goes in the garage and um, my mother's father had committed suicide. Ugh. Yeah, he um, took a, a, a hose from the pool and put it... Um, on the exhaust pipe and uh, just went to sleep and killed yeah. himself. So my um, mother, obviously my father didn't want her seeing that he had to go out there, shut the car off, take a, you know, everything apart, call the, call the paramedics and all that stuff. And uh, that's what started a huge, a huge um, downward spiral for my mother, as you can imagine, yeah. eight months pregnant, didn't lose me, almost did. Um, and then here we are. So getting a little choked up talking about it. Yeah. Um, so That's some intense stuff. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, man. So what when looking back at that, that now, like what what is kind of the takeaway you have for like how that shaped your life or how that affected you? Um, actually, like it's, just knowing that background, I know you weren't 
out and about. Well, it, <laughs> but, it makes it makes me understand my mother of what she went through and probably why she went down the path that she did. Okay. Um, but again, you know, being like, you know, thinking of her and my father having to go through that, like, seriously, like what that, what that was like, like, yeah. what could that, I mean, and then to think that I might not have been here, my yeah. kids might not have been here. Yeah. Right. So like thinking of all of those things, um, really puts it into perspective for me and, and really, you know, says, holy crap, like my father's been through a ton, right. To be, have to then, you know, help my mother go through that. And my father was friends with her father. I mean, they, he, my father met my mother at the tavern that they owned. He used yeah. to come down and shoot darts on like Wednesday nights. And my mother was there and that's how they met. Um, well, I really love something you said in there. And it was just the, we don't always think about the effects of what we do and have or what happens to us, how it affects things that aren't even about like your, your kids. You know, you mentioned like, you know, that, that's long down the, the shoot, but man, that is like in the decisions that they made in that, those moments about our lives. And that's something we forget. A lot of times we make decisions because of our own fears or worries or concerns, but it was interesting just to see that little, little glimpse of like, look at, you know, had your mom made different decisions, she was, our, she would be affecting mm. the lives that aren't even there yet. Yeah. And she could have, yeah. she could have either way. And so maybe it was like at that point, like the will because you were there, maybe she stepped up in certain ways mm. where she might not have done that had she not had a reason to. Mm. And, you yeah. know, so it's just, it's an interesting perspective when things happen to us, how we, what we do with them. Mm. Yeah. And, you know, I, I agree. And, you know, now going into a little bit more of the darker, I mean, if it could get any darker, uh, but that's where my mother started to lean on drinking and yeah. she started to wanting to cover the pain and, you know, We'll we'll go back a little bit, but she didn't really know. She kind of knew, but she didn't know why she was starting to have a drinking problem. Why she she didn't realize, and I don't think a lot of people realize why they start having a drug addiction or or they have. Why are they masking these certain things? Was it just yeah. the suicide? And you know, later in life, we found out no, it was more than that. And, yeah. and and you know, the guilt of her not saying you know goodnight properly you know, haunted yep. her. But then again, things that happened to her in her childhood that she didn't really know until she went through counseling, that that made it even make more sense, um, which I'll, mm. I'll share with that in, in a little while. But, um, but, you know, at this point now, okay, fast forward a little bit. My father, you know, is, is, uh, you know, working and my mother is, you know, working. She was working in a restaurant, a little restaurant in Boston spot called Ecabelli's. And I actually worked there. It's a funny story. I worked there my first job after I was, I think I was 13. I was getting paid $3 and 25 cents an hour with minimum <laughs> wage, too, by the way, I'm dating myself. Um, yeah. but I worked in the, <laughs> I worked in the same kitchen that my mother did later. She wasn't there at the same time, but she was there as like a prep chef and stuff. And so she was a good cook and, and all of that. But um, my mother was always fun and happy, but then she was also very down and depressed. And sometimes okay. we would see her go away and like, I mean, a way like she would just seclude herself. And growing up, um, I remember it more so when I was probably in early to, to later um, elementary school, like third, fourth and fifth grade. That's when yeah. I really started to notice that there was there was something going on and I was being affected and I really didn't know how I was being affected till later in life, even when I was a teenager. But, um, my mother was, um, you know, 
always, again, had a, had a drink in her hand um, as I was growing up at that age, um, hearing my father and her arguing, um, whether it was over money, uh, whether it was over um, drinking a party that they had and they got out of hand or whatever. Um, just I, I remember being in the middle of that and seeing that and hearing that. Um, so, you know, kind of teaching me a lesson like we my wife and I have never argued in front of our kids. Like shouting yep. matches never happened. Um, and I think, you know, my wife grew up in a very similar situation as well. Um, alcoholism, her, you know, her father was abusive towards her mother and, you know, and all of that. So we, we resonated really well, which I think is, is pretty awesome that her and I met, um, to be able to share similar, you know, stories. Um, but going back to like my mother, then my mother would start to lean on, um, uh, prescription drugs. Valium, um, you know, and, and just different prescribed drugs, um, to really numb the pain that she was having. But by doing this also, she was starting to really, um, get depressed. And, and there was times I'd never seen my mother smile, but my mother was a happy person. Like, I mean, like, like a fun person, like she'd be the one that would be on the ground tickling you and having fun. I've got pictures of me of her wrestling me and, you know, and, and we were just having a blast. So I remember all of that stuff and I know that that was a huge quality and, and it, 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 um, it hurts me to, to have her not be here for my kids. Yeah. Um, do you do you remember? I mean, you talked a lot about her kind of um, being depressed and kind of being off her. Do you remember how it affected you as a kid? What, what, you re, what were you thinking? Well, the other problem was that she would keep me home from school. Okay. So I was I had uh, uh, probably when I was in fourth grade, I missed probably half the year of school. Yeah. And that was because she was keeping me home because she didn't want to be alone. Yeah. Uh, she wanted someone there and she didn't know why, but she would say, Hey Scott, you want to stay home today? I'm a, I'm third grade. <laughs> yeah. Get to watch prices. Right. We get to watch some TV shows. Right. You know, get to watch soap operas or whatever. Right. Like I'm a kid. So of yeah. course I said, yeah, I sleep in. Right. But I was also, that was also, um, it was also scarring me because, um, later in life, even now it affects me to not wanting to be separated from my family. Um, you know, and, um, and then, um, you know, I had a meeting at school. They were, you know, obviously, you know, they're like, your son's missing too much school. I had to go see a, um, a therapist and, and kind of figure out what was the reason. Well, the reason was, is because I, you know, was basically being, you know, kind of taken in my mother's world of being her, um, her rock, her, her security, um, and then actually to back up a little bit, uh, let me, let me back up just a little bit. Also what was happening during this as I was in, in elementary, my mother was going back and forth to rehabs. So she would go yeah. to a rehab and I'll never forget it with long Island. Um, so it was about a three, maybe a four hour ride for us. And we didn't have the best car. Like we had a car that would break down. My father would fix a car. We'd never had new cars. Right. So we're driving this car all the way there, hoping it doesn't break down. And we're driving there to visit my mother and I didn't get to see her in like six weeks. So imagine yeah. seeing your mother all the time and then not for six weeks gone. Yeah. Um, yeah. so yeah, that was, um, that was tough. Um, but again, going, going back to like that stuff affects me still to this day of not wanting to travel as much, not away from my family, you know, yeah. because, yeah. Um, I had that attachment, you know, I had that yeah. fear that you're not going to be there. And I got a funny story I'll share with you about our friend, Jimmy. 
Um, I'll share yeah. that here. Just remind me. I'll share that with you. And, and it goes okay. hand in hand with the not wanting to be separated and thinking my parents were going to not be there. Like I wouldn't want to play with my friends as much because I wouldn't want to be away from home that long because I, I was afraid my parents weren't going to be there because yeah. I would come home one time and I'd be with a sitter because my father had to go take her to a rehab for six weeks. Yeah. Right. And I didn't know when that day was going to come. And how did you see like from your kind of the kid's view of uh, how it was affecting your dad and what he did in response to that? Yeah, I seen it. It, it was it was tough. And yeah. now I even look back and I go, man, I don't know how he did it um, no. because he's dealing with providing, making enough money to, to, to feed us and to house, you know, put a house, you know, our roof over our head and clothes and and all of that and work. And how do you focus at work when you have this going on in your life? Yeah. Like, uh, you know. I can't even imagine. I can't even, I mean, think about when you have like one little thing happen, right? One little thing in your life that happens. And then imagine being someone that's providing, you're dealing with, um, you know, a wife that is not really stable, that has, uh, you know, an alcohol problem, uh, you know, prescription drug problem, mental, where you're not like, there was times that she wouldn't want to go out in the store because she was afraid she was you know, paranoid. Like people were, she was feeling like she was weird or she was different. And that was becoming a problem. And sooner we found out she had, you know, huge phobias about going out and in public. And we didn't know why. No one knew why. Yeah. My father didn't know why. So again, yes, yeah, seeing my father go through this now, even looking back, even now that I'm a grown man with a family, I just, I mean, he's a strong person. Huge. There, there's something really cool in this and it, it's the, and I've seen it a lot. Some people go through things like this and then they become the same. You know, they, they talk about, um, I don't know if you know, my background is actually in sociology. That was my degree in college. And so looking at like social trends of how people repeat patterns and like how abuse would, would continue from one to another or alcoholism, generally there's like two choices. And it's like most, most kids generally choose to be like the, do what their parents want. What's interesting and here is like all the things that we know are valuable to you are actually responses of like, okay, that's not going to happen to my family. Okay, I'm not going to have this um, money struggle and all these these things that you've, you've created in your life were in the opposite response. And I find mm. that a lot in people that have like come through really hard things and made really amazing lives. They make those choices. They make the standard choice of like, then that's not going to happen. And I, you know, I start to hear that trend. It's like it started to make it starts to make a lot of sense of, you know, Scott's big why, you know, like and, and you shared that with the audience before and. Um, but yeah, it's just connecting those pieces for me is like, you could have said, okay, well this must be normal. This mm. must be what life is about. So I'm going to go do the same thing. Yeah. And most people do. Mm. You're right. But if you're in that place, if you're seeing that pattern of something that's not good for you, it's not making your life better. You could also choose what, what Scott did in many of these cases. Not that he did in everywhere. There's probably some places where he's held on to some of that stuff, but where it's really holding you back. If you could like see that. Hmm. and say, oh, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to raise my standard. I'm going to do whatever it takes to make sure that my family can be together. I'm hmm. going to do whatever it takes to make sure that my family has resources. Yeah. And yeah, it's just, a, it's a beautiful thing. And that's why, you know, that's why I love these stories is because, you, you, you know, you mentioned it to me and I don't know if you did in the intro. I'm, I'm already forgetting. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll have to go back and listen. Yeah. <laughs> but you, you had mentioned like, you know, the, the stories is like if it can connect and, and help someone, if they can, they can pull that out and that can make their lives better. That's why you want to do this. And and so hopefully if, if that's you, if you're on the other side of this and you're hearing that and you go, oh, man, you know what? I'm actually repeating that pattern that my dad did that I didn't like. Maybe he was angry all the time or he maybe had drug and alcohol problems, whatever it was. 
if you could say like, no, 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 my new standard is I'm not going to have that be part of my life. I'm going to mm-hmm. do something different for my kids, for yeah. my family. So, yeah. And I, know. I, I try to also understand like people, I don't blame, like, I don't blame, you know, like someone that committed suicide. Like I'm like, there's a story in their past of the reason why they decided to do what they did or someone turned to drug abuse. There's a reason why. Right. Yeah. And it generally links back to their childhood and their upbringing. Um, so I never look at someone like you're just a bad person because that's what you do. I try to figure yeah. out where where something happened that made that that person change. You know, like I look at my son, right? He's 20 and he's a lot better of a kid than I was. And the reason is, is because, number one, he's got more supervision. He has growing up. I didn't yeah. as much because my father was working all the time. My mother was gone. I had a sitter. So we would yeah. go and I'd have free reign wherever I wanted to go, do whatever I wanted to do, right? Um, and so he wouldn't even think about doing things that I would have did, right? Because, yeah. you know, he's got, you know, a, a stable upbringing. And also, you know, we've kind of shown him the way. Now, that doesn't mean he can't go the other way. Yeah. But I always try to look at, at other people and their experience and where it, something could have been changed or, or something or where that moment happened, right? And I, I, I go into like... I. Even to this day, and I, Joel, I, I mean, I've told you before too, even like leaving my family, a lot of times it's hard for me and it's hard because I don't want to, I don't want to miss out, but I also don't yeah. want a negative effect, even though it won't be. It's like, it's like four yeah. days, right? I'm gone four days. Big deal. Go dad. We're going to have a party, right? Like get out of here. But in my head, <laughs> yeah. It, but in my head, I go back to my childhood and, 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 and like, you know, that, that I want to be rooted. I'm not like, there's a lot of people like digital nomads, like that wouldn't be me. Right. It no. just, I like grounding. I like roots. I like to establish my, my home, like my home base in a sense. Right. Like, and that, that comes from my childhood. It doesn't mean that's a good quality of mine necessarily. It just means that that's, and I look back and see why I want to be that way. Right. Yeah. And, and, and I'll, I'll share a story. So like when I was in fourth and fifth grade, I had that issue, right. I, you know, and I, I just, I wanted to be able to, uh, I didn't want to go to school. And then it, it actually got to the point where I was then asking my mother if I could stay home because then I didn't want to go to school because, uh, number one, I also was f- fearful that my mother was not going to be home when I get home. Right. Yep. And so, uh, so then when you're in like elementary, generally you're in like a few classrooms, like two or three. Right. You're like you're locked in a day, not locked in, but you're kind of like you're, <laughs> you're in a room for and, and you don't have like classes that you, you move around to a lot. Right. It's kind of like you're in yeah. like two or three areas and that I felt trapped. Right. And yeah. the reason why I felt trapped is because if I wanted to, I wanted to be able to just go. Right. I just wanted to go and I have an out. Yeah. And when I when I was going to go to middle school, um, I felt, OK, this is going to be better because now I'm going to be changing classes every hour. And if I had to, I could run out if I wanted to. So I would have that mindset. I'd say I could run. But now what I did, here's a little safety thing that I did for myself. I said to my mother, I said, hey, I go, you know, I'm really nervous about going and this, that, and the other thing. And, you know, I don't, I don't want you to leave and, and, and all that. And she said, here's what I'm going to do. And again, like my mother was so good about being like, she was really good about trying to make sure that I didn't feel that stuff later on. Like she was yeah. always trying to protect me and also wanted to be open. Like she's, and that was one thing I learned from her is open, never keep things bottled up. And she learned that later in life by going through counseling, but then she taught that to me. And that's my, that's why my wife and I, we always, if anything's bothering you, get it out in the open, just don't bottle it up, get it out there. But anyway, so she said to me, she said, Scott, here's what we're going to do. 
because I want you to be able to go there and, and be able to relax. Um, I'm going to give you a quarter. This is when they had pay phones for a quarter. And she said, I'm going to give you a quarter. Keep it in your pocket. And at lunch, if you want to call me, just put it in the, in the pay phone. You can call me. Then you know I'm here yeah. and, and you know everything, right? And um, I had that quarter in my pocket and I never used that quarter. But I had yeah. it there just in case I needed to make that call. And that helped me, right? That helped me, um, that helped me, you know, kind of get through that. But also going to middle school definitely helped me too because I did feel that out. I felt like I could run out the doors if I wanted to. Um, but yeah, I mean, that really, that did affect me. Well, I really liked how you you covered how to, um, you've looked back and you said, okay, how did this affect me? And like, what is my decision right now? And you said, you know, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. But what's really cool about that is because you're aware of it, you get to choose how what you want to do with it. Mm. You know, a lot of people are kind of victims to what they think is the truth. So it's like, well, families don't always stay together. So if I leave, then there's risk and they don't ever question that or realize it. And so even the fact that you have that choice, if you started noticing that, say that you needing your kids there all the time was affecting them negatively, you can do something about it because you right. can see it. Right. And that's what's really cool. It's like it's not necessarily bad or good. Right. It's it, we look at what how it's affecting our lives. Mm. You know, I I had a very similar thing. I, I don't know. My my parents are oh, I'm a product of divorce. And there was a lot of being shift back. I can be forth between two families that were very, very different. And I had a similar thing as, as like that connection. I, I build my home base like I I love my like life. I love being around my kids and seeing them on a regular basis and having routines in my life. And I do a lot to build those. And um, there was times where it's like, OK, well, I can do this really this trip. And I would start to have that resistance like, oh, man, maybe I shouldn't go. That's a whole week. Yeah. What are my kids, kids going to do without me? And it's like and, you know, so like in my mind, what I did is like I'm like, OK, well, how's this going to affect them? How's this going to shape them? Because I. I came to a realization that it's not what we say to our kids. It's what we do that tells them how to be. That's true. So they're not, they're looking at me as a model. So I was like, I, I stopped myself and said, I don't want my kids to think that something should hold them back from something that's really important to them. Mm, and I huge. also, I know that they can handle it and I want to show them that too. And so there's like all these other lessons that like finally overrode that compulsion. Not that I don't have that every time because <laughs> I do like, I love being around my kids. Mm -hmm. And so, no, I, I think that's amazing. And that's that kind of insight of and not saying, oh, no, this is the right way to be. See, look how good a father I am. That's not what you said. You said, I don't know if that's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, I love that because I was like, there's so much freedom in that. Truly. Yeah. No, you're you're right. A hundred percent. But, you know, and, and now talking about divorce, let's let's go into that area, because, uh, you know, I was um, 13. And, uh, you know, starting to, you know, again, if I was starting to feel a little bit better, right. I'm like starting to kind of, you know, I'm, I'm a teenager now. I'm, I'm able to explore a little bit better, you know, a little bit more freedom, whatever. And, um, then, um, I get the question, you know, and, uh, the, the question from my mother, I'll never forget it. I was sitting on their bed. Um, actually going back, let, let me go back. Um, yeah. cause I, the, the, that just triggered something for me. Um, yeah. I used to, I used to go in my mother's bedroom before school and I used to touch the bed. I, I just okay. remembered that I used to touch the bed. So I'd have like a scent and, and kind of like a touch. And I just remembered that just now, as I mentioned the bedroom, because I remember going in the bedroom and having that conversation with her. But I remember I used to go in there. My mother used to have a certain scent. Uh, it was like a, a woman's musk or something. Right. And I just, I still yeah. have a bottle of it. Um, but, um, she sat me down on the bed and I was 13 
and she said, you know, your father and I, we're, we're not getting along, you know, we're, um, you know, we, we still, you know, we still, you know, love each other, but just not in that way. And, um, you know, we're going to be, we're going to be splitting up. She didn't say yeah. divorce. She said, we're going to be splitting up. And she, she, she presented me with a question, which I never wanted to ever receive. And I, I prayed at nights for this never to happen. This one moment I prayed, prayed every night. I can remember praying, please don't let my parents ever get a divorce. And yeah. the day came and she said, who do you want to live with? Yeah. And I'm like, how do you answer that? Like, so yeah. my, 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 I knew my father was more of the stable one and I knew that my father was a provider. So I kind of tried to take the easy way out without hurting anybody's feeling. I said, I'm going to stay wherever the house is. And I knew that my father was going to stay there. So I knew I was yeah. going to have the stability. But again, I was still saying goodbye to my mother kind of. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that hurt. And I remember standing in the driveway, um, talking to my buddy about it. Um, and actually it was Jimmy. I remember talking to Jimmy about it and trying to have him console me as, you know, at a, at a 13 year old kid and he was older and he was 15. Um, but yeah. how do you do that? Like, you know, yeah. so that, yeah, that, um, that was a big one. That was a big blow. On top of it's amazing, else. like how many people I've heard that that the parents came and asked that very question when divorce occurs. Mm. It's it's shocking. Like, oh, at least give me some foundational. How do I understand <laughs> like what's going on? But it, it is. It's it's like they don't know how to deal with it, yeah. and they come out and they just blurt out like, "Who do you want to live with?" Yeah, you don't ask a kid that. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> you, the, the you can ask him what he thinks. <laughs> the crazy thing is, my sister, who I've always grew up as my sister, she's not my half sister, she's my sister, right? Yeah. And she's dealt with a lot of her own internal things, and a lot of it's probably because of her father leaving her at you know two years old, and uh, and he finally contacted her on her 16th birthday and tried to basically buy her back, um, which is another story. But you know that you know, she was always battling with, with weight. People look at me and they're like, Scott, you're, you know, you're not overweight. My sister is, is, you know, overweight and she has been her whole life. And I remember, you know, her getting bullied and me trying to protect her and all that stuff. So she was our family. Right. And so, but with that being said, she was always on my mother's side in a sense, like yeah. she would kind of take sides in a sense yeah. because it was her mother, you know, and yeah. I get yeah. it. Right. Like if there was an argument, like my sister would defend my mother in an argument, like literally my mother and father are arguing back and forth, you know, screaming. And then my sister would chime in and I'm like trying to stay out of it. Right? <laughs> but as a kid, I mean, yeah. I'm seeing this, I'm witnessing this. That's why whenever I hear someone that is in that environment, like we have cousins or I'm not sorry, cousins, my wife has cousins that in their family, they have, you know, there's, there's some chaos going on. You know, some arguing yeah. going on and, and some language being thrown back and forth. And I'm like, what what they're doing to these children, they don't even understand. Like, because yeah. I was in the middle of that. I, I seen all of that and I seen my sister defending and it was like, you know, and I just it's just not a good environment. Right. Yeah. But my point is, my sister also stayed in the house with me, my father, and, and didn't go with my mother necessarily. Yeah. And I think because she also knew stability was there at home. Yeah. And my mother wasn't really stable. Um, but uh, yeah, so that was the, the divorce thing was really hard, um, really hard. And, um, you know, it was something we had to deal with. We did, um, but uh, it wasn't easy at all. Um, yeah. So, OK, so that's that part. So let me uh, let me move forward now. So now I'm um, I'm probably going to get into uh, a little bit of then, you know, my mother and, you know, I was 
obviously I'm a kid now and I'm getting older. I'm 15, 16 years old. And as a 15, 16 year old kid, I'm not like seeing my mother probably as much as I should have. Right. Like I'm not, you know, I'm out hanging out with my buddies. I'm getting my license. We're driving. I'm getting a girlfriend, you know, we're doing our thing. And, and I kind of feel guilty to this day a little bit about that. My mother never made me feel guilty. Um, but now I do because I, I, you know, could have probably spent more time there, but there was times also that I would go there and she would say, Scott, you know, now it's not really a good time. You know, I'm not really not feeling up to myself or I'm going through a thing here. And she would always be really good about not putting that on me. Um, and being like, Scott, I don't, you know, you don't, don't worry about it. Just this, nothing, nothing personal. I just, I need some time or I'm going to counseling this week and it's really emotionally draining or whatever. Um, so those things, you know, um, well, that's, that's really cool. Um, I just want to point out another thing yeah. I, I keep seeing is, is, you know, we look back at our past and, and sometimes we kind of like, you know, oh, that should never happen and that's wrong and, and, and bad. And, but wh- who would you be if that, some of that stuff didn't happen? And that's, that's always like a tough question because you can't predict it a hundred percent, but would you be Scott? Would you be the yeah. Scott Volker that's, that's helped as many people as you've helped if those pressures didn't be there? So it's like, you look back at the past and go, oh, I'd love to change that. But what if you did? Yeah. What yeah. would happen? Yeah. What would happen for your kids? What would have happened for your wife? Would you guys have connected on the same thing and been there for each other? Mm. It's, you know, so I, as I start going through these scenarios and the reason I do that is because I, I don't want my kids to get trapped. Bad things happen sometimes. Like friends don't, aren't nice or parents do stupid things or people say mean things when, cause they're uh, working out of fear rather than really thinking about how it affects that child. And I want my kids to go, okay, well, you, know, you, you still get to choose, <laughs> you know, yeah. you still make the best of it. How are you stronger mm. and uh, how are you going to use this to shape you moving forward? That's, that's more important. Mm. And so it's, it is cool. It's like, but I always like, you hear these things and you're like, oh, you know, that arguing directly in front of kids, that should never happen. Mm. But what would have happened to you if it hadn't? Yeah, no, that's, you're hundred percent right. It's not easy to go through. No, it's not. Um, but no. but you're right. You you look back on that and you you see that that actually uh, made me think differently on how I wanted to do it or how we wanted to do it, my wife and I. Yeah. Um. You know. So yeah. I mean, and that can go the that can go the other way. Sure I mean, that can. can go where the yelling and that they never have security and they never have confidence and they never mm. try. That can go the other way too. And it, it's no matter what the event is, that's not what determines what happens in our life. Mm. It's that next step. So like the things that shaped you into something someone else could have gone through and use it to destroy themselves. Yeah. So, I mean, people, yeah, people go through violence and one person walks out a champion going, this is not happening to other people. And another like just folds into the fear. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, and, uh, you know, I, I think when, you know, when people are going through, you know, any, any of this stuff, you know, you might say to yourself like, or, or when you look back at it, you're like, no, there's nothing good that could could have came out of that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but if you dig a little bit deeper, I think you can find that there is now I'm not going to sit here and say that I've been a perfect parent. I don't think anybody's a perfect parent. I don't think anybody's perfect at anything. There's definitely things that I, I could, could have done differently. Um, I think I did a pretty darn good job, but, and my wife did. And I think we've, yeah. we've raised some pretty amazing kids and I think they're, they're kind of the result of what we've done. But are there things that you would say, yeah, I wish I, I didn't. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll give you an example, like, you know, like, and, and part of my upbringing, right. A part of, or not even upbringing, but part of my like childhood, that abandonment feeling or not the security of my, you know, my mother being there or whatever. It also, that was a, out of my control. Right. Yeah. So when I'm out of control, 
what does that, and I didn't realize this until later in life, but what does that generally do to someone, um, you know, like in their own life as far as like your day-to-day stuff? Well, for me, I've been always kind of like a neat freak. Like, yeah. Right. I want things certain places. I want things tidy. I want to, before I can work, I need to make sure that the counters are clear, uh, that the sink <laughs> is empty. There's no dishes in it. Right. Because in my head, I can control that. Right. I can make that done. Right. And I feel less cluttered. I feel secure in a sense because, and I've also accomplished something that I have control over. And I didn't realize this until later yeah. in life and I was looking at all this stuff and now I've, I've recognized it. It doesn't make it right. I've gotten a lot better, <laughs> you know, but I'm just saying like, if you recognize it and you're like, oh, I see, that's where I come from or that's, that's why I do that, right? It's not that I'm like weird. Um, it's just that that's the reason in why I'm, you know, the way that I am. But, yeah, uh, you know, those things do come into, into play and I, I see that all the time. I mean, even to this day, I mean, things aren't 100% the way I, I'd like them, but I've kind of learned to adapt because I've got kids and kids make messes. Right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, things aren't always going to be perfect. And then also I say, well, I can clean the floors later because, uh, you know, there's an hour more I could spend here doing this with the kids or whatever. Right. Yeah. But, but there's, you know, that stuff still creeps in there. It's like, all right, guys, just give me 15 minutes. Let me get this done. That way I can settle and I can feel relaxed. Right. Yeah. And you, you mentioned that term and this is something I hear a lot is it, I, I know I'm weird or I might, that might be weird. And people do that all the time to themselves. I'll just, mm-hmm. I mean, from what I've seen, from seeing so many different people, if you actually get to see their whole story, yeah. if you get to see everything in the past, it, we all have weird things. Oh, yeah. And the weird things are what make us. I mean, that's like, yeah. if we can just calm down about that a little bit and just go, okay, this this shaped me. This makes me. And I, again, you're hitting that same, that same thing, and I love it, is that you realize it. You're not saying this is right because I do it. Mm. You're saying, oh, I don't know if that's right, but this is what I'm doing. And I, I'm actually improving it because it added to my life right there. What was important to you was your family. Right. So it's like, I'll let that go because I'm going to go hang out with my daughter for an hour. Right. You know, <laughs> and that that is so cool. And that's how we use these things. Weird isn't going away. And I, I would say if you're really growing, if you're really it, it's weird to own your own business. If yeah. you look at the average, it's yeah. weird to be successful in it. It's weird mm. to take action when there's other people telling you to be afraid. That's weird. Thank God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's right. go get weird, man. <laughs> right. 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 Yeah. Let's get weird. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Be different. Be weird. Right. Yeah. I like it. Uh, but it's so it's so true. It's like there's a lot of different things that we were brought up, you know, uh, you know, around or, you know, introduced to or whatever. And that does shape us. And I think that's I think that's super important for people that just even look at their own lives and just say, hey, you know, where where am I weird? You know, air quotes, uh, yeah. you know, like, you know, where yeah. are we different? And and it's OK um, to, to be different uh, and just, you know, recognize that and try to figure out where that is a strength as well. Well, and I've seen that in a business standpoint that that from from you, that organization, that control piece. But what it does, it gives you a certain level of certainty, too. Mm-hmm. Once you go, OK, well, that's a lot of ideas. <laughs> yep. No. What are the five things we need to do? And you go boom, boom, boom. And as soon as you hit there, man, Scott's off. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. you're just taking off, man. And it, it is cool. So you that same weird trait has shaped you in such a positive way. Um, and I know you probably use that throughout your life. It's not just in business, but like everywhere is I'm going to line this up. And then as soon as you get that, like, oh, okay, now I see it. Well, it's funny. Make it happen. Yeah, it's funny. A good buddy of mine, uh, who he was, he was known to start projects and never finish them. Yeah. I was always the one that was like, I'm starting it and I'm finishing it. And I don't care if I have to work till two o'clock in the morning, it's getting done. Yeah. 
right? Yeah. And there's a, a story of me um, finishing the house that I built. And some people know from my story that I've shared in the past, but I built I built a house. Uh, gosh, when I was working construction and full time and I built a, my own house that my family lived in, raised my family in for over 17 years. And I did that in about 11 months. And, you know, I had some time off from my construction job that I took off on purpose so I could go and shingle my roof. Right. <laughs> so I could get some stuff done. And then I had this one area in the peak of the house. I was putting the, they call them fish scales or like these little decorative scales that go up there, kind of like cedar shakes. And it was way up, way up. I had like a 36 foot ladder extended and it's two o'clock in the morning. Floodlights are up there. My mother-in-law lived just up the hill so she could see. She couldn't go to sleep because she was nervous. I'm up there until two o'clock until that last shingle was up there. And I did that because I had it in my mind. I started it. I'm finishing it today. No matter what, it's getting done. And I did yeah. it, right? Yeah. And, and I do probably relate that back to just knowing that I can wipe my hands with it. It's done. I'm, I'm complete. I finished something. I have control. I said, yeah. I'm going to do something. I'm going to do it. Um, but yeah, that does come back into your life. That could be, it could be beneficial. Yeah. Uh, you know, so, all right. So let me move on. So we, um, we got up to the, to the divorce, uh, got to be a teenager. My mother was living probably, I don't know, probably about 10 minutes away. Um, and, uh, and I would, uh, you know, visit her, you know, occasionally, you know, like when I could once, twice a week, probably more that I should have did more, but again, I didn't. Um, but she was going through her own stuff, going through a lot of counseling. My mother was always, they were always sampling new drugs on her. I mean, prescription drugs to basically try to balance out her emotions and, and, you know, her, anxiety and phobias and like all that stuff. So she, to me, there was, she was kind of like a test pig or, you know, get kind of like a Guinea pig, uh, you know, a test subject for these yeah. different meds. And I didn't know any better. And, you know, nowadays, you know, I wouldn't advise that at all, but that's what she was. Cause she was always trying to find that balance without the alcohol, right? Without yeah. the alcohol, how do you balance your, your mindset, your thoughts, and not really knowing why you're feeling the certain way that you're feeling. Um, you know, so kind of like she was going through this stuff, you know, as I was getting older, um, you know, and, uh, and I remember her, you know, again, going through these, these bouts of where she was depressed and then she was happy and depressed and then happy. And, you know, so, um, but I remember, and I, I don't want to forget this cause I think this was an important okay. lesson as well is when I was probably around 16, I think it was, I was, I don't know, going, going through something with a girl or whatever, and, you know, just have my own little issues and talking to her. And then she was having problems and it just felt like my life was just like in chaos. And, yeah. and, and I, I think my mother might've, um, called me or something, or I called her from one of my friends or something. We got in an argument. I forget what for, and I threatened to kill myself mm. and I don't think I meant it, but I knew no. it would get a reaction. Yeah. And boy, oh boy, did, did I cause some problems because then yeah. I had a big sit down and she told me that, you know, you know, if you ever, ever feel like that, like you need to tell someone, you need to reach out to someone, there's a hotline and it was great. I mean, she was yeah. again, worried because yep. she's seen what had happened and she has had her own bouts. She's, she probably attempted suicide two or three times all yeah. uh, by pills. I think it was all pills. My father had told me a story one time and they were having a barbecue and, um, she disappeared and then he went in and she was basically there with, uh, un unconscious and had to call the meds or the, the, uh, the ambulance, the paramedics and 
have the commitment pump her stomach and all that stuff. And yeah. so, you know what I mean? Like, so she understood it, but I seen that as also a way to get attention. So I don't know if that's what I was doing at that time. I never, I don't think I meant it. Um, I've never had a thought of that moving, you know, past that one time, but I don't really believe I meant it. I think it was an attention thing. Yeah. Um, cause I seen what it did for, for her. Um, not in a, in a bad way, but in a way that, you know, she was doing it because she did want attention. She wanted help and didn't know how to get it. Yeah. Um, because she was so confused and lost in her own head. Um, but, um, yeah, that was, uh, that was kind of an eye-opening thing for me too. Cause once I said that I seen the, the fear that came yeah. over her, um, and then, you know, we're leading up to about the time that I got married and I want, cause, and this is where my mother did pass away eventually. Um, but, um, where she was going through counseling and she was going through a really dark time, um, to where she would say like, you know, me and my wife, Lisa got married and we would go visit her. And, uh, she had said, you know, I, I don't really want you guys to visit for like a next, you know, couple of weeks. I'm just going through some really rough times right now and stuff. And, and here I am, I'm, you know, kind of a young adult and I'm kind of nervous and scared of her, yeah. of, of what's, what could happen. And I want to go there, but I know that I shouldn't. Um, and then she had, um, she had told me, um, you know, what she had discovered, um, through one of her counseling sessions. And, uh, what she had discovered is that she was molested as a kid. Um, so it started to all add up. Yeah. But, um, she, and, and the person that supposedly had done this was her father. Yeah. So now it starts to make more sense. Like everything starts to, all the pieces start to align. Everything starts to, to come together, but now still it's, it doesn't help fix her. Yeah. I didn't stop it. <laughs> that's yeah, that's, you know, that's poignant. yeah. I mean, so there's no meds that are really going to, to help that. Right. It's, it's, it's a lot of counseling. It's a lot of forgiveness. It's a lot of that. Cause for the, all those years, she really kind of hated her father, but didn't because she felt guilty. And then wondering why, and now it kind of makes sense why you didn't know well, it. she blacked it out. I mean, she was, I think she discovered it through like, uh, being, you know, um, uh, hypnotized or whatever, like how they, you know, they, they bring you under and then they start to discover, you know, like some things that she didn't even, wasn't even aware of or on the surface. So a couple of things, and I mean, I'd like to do, um, a couple more things and kind of wrap the story up a little bit just so people have like their takeaways and some things. But first I'd like to hear some ways where you started noticing what had happened. Some of those events actually negatively affected you and what you did about it. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, I think part of it, uh, you know, part of the things that started to negatively, you know, affect me was, uh, you know, and and again, I'm talking about the whole story, not just like bits and pieces, but I think is, you know, thinking to myself, like I need to figure out how to be secure and how to be safe and then how to uh, find someone that, that in my life that I'm not just necessarily saying like I have to have like my wife, I, I feel as though we make a great, you know, a great couple, you know, a great, a great team. But in the same breath, I never wanted to have to lean on someone. I don't think anyone should have to lean 100% on someone. I think it's good to have someone there to lean on when you need them, but you shouldn't have to depend on that person. So, you know, could I go on and, and, and be successful? Sure. Would I want to? No. But I think it also allowed me to, and I think anyone, is to build up your own skill sets and dig deep inside of your own self to find out what those things are and then 
use those to move yourself to where you want to go and really discover what that is. I think that's another big takeaway. Like, what is it that you want? And then figuring out why you want that. Why do you want it? Why do you want to be, why do you want to be able to stay home with your kids? Is it so you can watch, you know, Netflix and have them go to a sitter? Like, like, what is it? Like, like that, that wouldn't be, that wouldn't be good for me. Right. Like if I'm going to, if I'm going to build a business that allows me to have time, I want to, going to want to, you know, take that time and spend it with my family. So, okay. So the piece you're responding to is like the kind of the dependency, like feeling that come up in you and know that that's not why you want to be connected to your wife. And that's not why you want to be connected to your family, but mm. overriding, is that what you're, you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, and then, okay, cool. Y- yeah. Yeah. I, I think, I, I think so. I, again, it's like one of these things. That's why I wanted you on Joel. It's kind of like you're hearing things and you're kind of distilling them down differently yeah. than I might even be playing them in my own head. Yeah. And I like that because it does make me say, oh, yeah, he's right. You know, that does make sense. Um, and it's, you know, it's kind of like one of those counseling sessions, right? It's kind of where you go there and then you get that feedback. Um, yeah. and, and, and that's good um, to, to be able to and do it's that. It's really nice. You had another added piece and, and both because we know how valuable it is to anybody starting their business. But you went to your big why. I did. And I love that because that's that's exactly where you start to answer for some of these things because that's what will get you over it. Mm. It's easy to stick in the pattern and go, oh, okay, well, you know, I do feel that dependency and it hurts if I if they're, they're away, so I'll just stay there. But then you asked yourself what my why was, mm. and now you opened up the resources to do something about it. Yeah, and that way you can go, okay, no, 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 my wife and I are a great team. <laughs> you know, it's yep. it's not the dependency piece or that I don't like being alone or my family has to always be there because we're a great team. And we, we do amazing things together. And that's why I'm doing it, not because of my dependency. And I, I love that. So yeah, I think it's crazy, too, though, how like things do end up. I don't want to say always working, but they, they seem to as long as you put yourself out there, but they they seem to find themselves or you're able to find those through whatever you're doing in your life. Now, again, if you're out there and you're doing bad things, you're going to find bad things. Right. But what yeah. I'm, what I'm saying is like for me to be able to be drawn to my wife and then us hitting it off and knowing almost immediately that we were a match. Like yeah. that's kind of crazy to me to think back that her and I met and within six months we were like engaged yeah. like, and I knew it, like I just knew it. But again, Going back to my girlfriend in high school, it taught me a lot. It taught me of yeah. really what I didn't want. And I didn't know it at the time. She was really there to me for just the companion, for being, to having someone there. I knew that she probably wasn't going to be the one for me. But to me, it was, it was that dependency. It was having someone to, to be around. It was, you know, a little bit of, of affection and love and, and those things that, you know, that you want in your life that you might not have because my mother was going through her things. My father was busy with his things. So you're kind of trying to find a way to fill that void. But then when you find the right one, man, it's like crazy, right? It's like, look at all of the amazing things that have happened. I mean, my wife and I've built multiple businesses together. Um, we, we have a great relationship, 24 years married. Um, we're both healthy. We both have same visions as far as what we want to do in life, uh, health wise and personally and family. And, uh, we actually just, uh, this past weekend, my daughter was visiting my oldest daughter, Alexis, and you know, they're, her and her husband are, are, you know, going to be trying for kids here probably in the next couple of years. And we're talking about like, what are some cool grand, grandma and grandpa names, right? Like, <laughs> I don't want to be just grandpa, right? So it's like, I mean, just, you know, I'm, I'm excited to be able to, uh, to, to, uh, to take the lessons that I've learned and, and, uh, and use those in, in our lives moving forward and also helping people by even just sharing this story. And if some person walks away that listened to this and said, holy crap, like, 
I connect with that, like in some way, and that helps pull you out or, or even just redirect your path or give you another perspective, then, then I'm happy. Like I'm, I'm uh, so happy. And that's, that's perfectly in Cause my, the final question I have that actually is what lessons from, from your life would you teach others? Would you teach your own kids? And you want to make sure that the people that you care about are, are getting from your life. Yeah. Well, it's a great question. And I think, you know, the biggest thing is believing in yourself and from there going for what makes you happy. Awesome. Right. Like, so don't, don't settle because you think you have to, or because you need to conform, you know, to, uh, you know, a certain lifestyle or even a lifestyle that your parents might think that you, you should have because every other, every one of your family has went to college. Or maybe they haven't went to college and so you're not supposed to go to college or whatever yeah. it is. Don't conform. You know, this, you know, the, the life that we have is so short that, you know, and it is. I mean, you know, if we get, a, you know, 90 years would be amazing, right? Like, you know, 100 would be even better if we're healthy, right? But it's really yeah. not that long, right? So like, you know, why, why be unhappy doing what you're doing in life or, you know, even just the life that you're living or the person that you're with or the, the family that you're raising or being a, being a certain role model for your kids or even kids that you coach on a baseball team or a softball team or whatever, right? Soccer, um, whatever sport you're, you're doing or, or helping out with scouts or whatever it is, like, what are the things that's going to light you up or that you're going to be remembered as? And, and those are the things I think that you should, you should really focus on and understand that the things in your past doesn't necessarily necessarily mean that that's where you have to go, but you could learn from those past experiences and that could go all the way back to your childhood or your parents and all of that stuff. Before we do wrap up though, I did want to share one last thing just with people. Um, yeah. cause I, I, it was kind of like the last thing that, um, happened to me, which also, um, you know, was eye opening and it, uh, it actually forced me to, to deal with it. But, um, the day that I, that I found out that my, my mother had passed away, um, I yeah. was coming back from work, uh, working construction and my son, Scotty, now who's 20 was two months old. She held him once or yeah. tw maybe twice. And, um, and, uh, so I was coming home from work and I pulled in, we were getting ready to go to New Jersey on a little vacation, um, ourselves and another couple, they had some kids and we were going to go away together. And, um, I pull in the parking lot and I remember parking the, the van in the parking lot, the work van. And my wife, Lisa, you know, came pretty much jogging up to me, crying, bawling her eyes out. And I'm thinking to myself, like one of our kids, something happened, yeah. right? Like I'm just my, you know, and she came up and she hugged me and she, she said, it's, it's your mom, you know? And I, I didn't even cry at that time. I don't think I was in shock. Yeah. But almost in, in another part of me was almost relieved. And I know a lot of people don't like to say that, but I seen her fight for so long yeah. and, and being struggling. And, and I knew that she was probably going to be in a better place, but yeah. you never want to see that. But in the same breath, it, we were always, always worrying about how she was doing or, you know, was she going to try to commit suicide or, you know, yeah. and, um, so, you know, that was the final thing really with, with that, that also taught me that, um, you know, you know, death can be really, really devastating and, and grieving, but it can also be a learning lesson there as well. Right. 
like being able to take the lessons that you've learned um, through that whole experience and, and then adapting those to your life and, and then helping other people when they have a death in their family and how you got through it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it wasn't easy. My mother was 50, you know, and yeah. it's young. That's really, That's young, really yeah. young. My, my wife's father um, died when he was 56 of colon cancer. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we've both dealt with it. We've dealt with a, a lot of that in our lives. But again, I just wanted to wrap up with that. I know it's not like, you know, you shouldn't wrap up with death, but it's like <laughs> it, it was it was kind of like that was the final piece. Um, and it was actually, you know, um, it was terrible. It was devastating. And it, it took a while. Even to this day, I, I just wish that she was here for just a moment to enjoy my kids yeah. and and all that. But in the same breath. I seen the fight that she put up for so many years and she was so strong. And, and, uh, I mean, she was a smoker too, and she quit smoking for like 12 years, um, yeah. before she died. And, and just to also to kind of give her some, some props, um, when she passed away, she was 20 years sober. So she had quit yeah. drinking completely for 20 years, never had a drop. And if you know anything about alcoholism, if you drink one drop, you are now you've slipped your back to zero. So yeah. she had, she was 20 years clean and she had quit smoking for over 10 years. So pretty strong woman, um, but she dealt with a lot. And um, yeah, she taught me a lot as well. That that last piece reminded me of one more thing. And it's just something I want to make sure if sometimes it's easy to tell someone when they're doing OK or when they're doing good um, advice and can take it up. What advice do you have for people that are going through a hard time right now when things are more seem more difficult or harder to feel optimistic about? Yeah, that's a good one because when you're in it, it's hard. It's yeah. really, really hard. I think you got to look at, you know, the the good things that have happened in your life and, and, and how they've shaped you, but then also look at the future. Where can the future go? Now, I know if you're dealing with someone going through cancer, it can be so devastating. It's so hard um, or a sudden death, right? It's instant, right? You don't know how to deal with that. Um Try to try to think about the people that are here now that are still here, the ones that that love you, the ones that need you, the ones that you can impact. Think about that. And that, to me, will push you past, um, you know, any negativity or at least get you through the negative times or the, you know, the, the, the times that you could be really, really start spiraling down. Think about all of the good that you provide and, and the people that are are looking up to you or that are, are finding you as a motivation or inspiration or just someone that they enjoy being around or just someone special in your life. Awesome. Yeah. People that need you. We do so much more for the people we care about than we will do for ourselves sometimes. And, and awesome. That was an amazing answer. Awesome. So let's kick this up a notch. What do you yeah. say? I think we got to close this baby down the way that we close it down. And, you know, a lot of times people say, Scott, how do you get all that energy? Well, I just get excited because I'm here and I'm able to serve you and I'm able to hang out with people like Joel and my whole team and my family and my extended family, the TAS community, all of you guys. And this thank you all that I look at every day that I'm looking at right now. You can't see me, but I'm looking at it and uh, a whole bunch of letters that come in all the time, emails about people that we are helping and that we are changing their lives. And if this episode has done that, let me know for sure in the show notes. The show notes to this episode can be found at theamazingseller.com forward slash 543. 
You can get all of the transcripts or show notes. There won't be a lot of links here, uh, but there will be the transcripts if you want to read this um, or even just go back to it, bookmark it. This might be an episode you might want to go back and listen to or maybe even have someone in your life that you think has went through this and that can maybe help them. That might be a good idea as well. But let's get some energy going here today. Joel, let's close this baby out. Are you ready, my friend? I am, sir. All right. Well, let's kick it up a notch. All right. So guys, remember, as always, I'm here for you. I believe in you and I'm rooting for you. But you have to, you have to, come on, say it with me, say it loud, say it proud. Joel's going to say it on the count of three. Are you ready, Joel? Yes, I am. You ready with some energy? Oh, yeah. I'm going to get that energy now. (laughs) One, (laughs) two, three, take Take action. action. Have an awesome, amazing day, guys. And I'll see you right back here on the next episode.